Welcome to Buffalo Camp Day Recap. I'm Thad Brown along with AJ Feldman today. Day seven of Bill's camp here on a Thursday at St. John Fisher University. And AJ, the number one story today to me is pretty obvious. I thought Kyer Elam took a very big step in this practice. He got almost all the first team reps. Now Dane Jackson was out for the walkthrough period at the beginning of practice. But after that, it was almost exclusively Elam. And to be honest, when Dane Jackson came in, he came in for Trey White, not for Elam. And then on top of that, now look, early in one-on-ones, Elam got a holding penalty against, I think it was Stephon Diggs. Regardless, it doesn't matter. It was a bad hold. I mean, it was, it was blatant. There were refs at practice today. <clears throat> it was so bad. The official, after throwing the flag, walked over to DB coach John Butler to explain what the flag was, because normally the, the coaches will complain to the refs about that stuff. And John's like, no, no, I saw it. it, was, it was, no question. We, we know it was there. After that, though, I thought Elam had an excellent practice. He had uh, good reps against um, Stephon Diggs in that session. And then during team drills, not only did he have some good individual reps, Gabe Davis, he had a spot with Trent Sherfield where he absolutely locked him up, stepped in front of a slant throw from Josh Allen and went back with an interception. Um, and in other situations where the big knock on him has been not being able to function the way you want a guy to in this Sean McDermott zone defense. Well, in red zone, I thought against Stephon Diggs, he had a rep where he knew he had inside help, played it, leveraged it to the outside, stayed in front of Diggs, and even though Josh Allen was staring Diggs down the whole rep, never threw the ball, had to go somewhere else, and it was an incomplete pass. So I thought Elam was really, really good, and in a spot where he got so much time on the first team, to cash that in with a good day, like I said, it felt like a very big step for Elam to the point where when I saw him run on the field, and maybe this is just my, my impression of it, it felt like this was a guy carrying himself like, I am the starter, I'm going to be the starter, almost like he's unquestioned. Now, it is just one day. I don't want to say this competition is over. Dane Jackson up and down today, but he had good moments too. But this to me was the best Kyer Elam training camp practice, certainly of this year and probably of either season he's been here at Fisher. And that was probably the plan going into the day, him getting most of that work. And maybe that did contribute to the fact that he was playing with some confidence, knew that he wasn't going to be going in and off. That has been talked about throughout training camp. The comfort level you get when you're out there for long periods of time, you get to see different things, see how things are changing differently. And he really did have a solid practice all throughout the day, other than that holding penalty, which I didn't see. But it was one of those days where, you know, the interception's going to get the headlines. The Bills are probably tweet that out. Everybody's going to, you know, make a big deal about that. But it really was all throughout practice. It was nice quality plays. He really stuck to, uh, to Gabe Davis on a, a fade route, a, a deeper fade route. We both thought that Davis had a little bit of a step. It was going to look like just a, a classic Gabe Davis pitch and catch kind of deep play type of thing. Elam showed off why he's the first round guy, why he has the speed, the length, the athleticism to catch up to a guy with a lot of physical tools as well in Gabe Davis. He just had a really strong day throughout, uh, throughout the day. I wrote down his name maybe three or four times on my pad here. So the only question now is, does it continue? You know, do we, does he continue to get first team reps tomorrow when the Bills go back to Orchard Park, Sunday when they're back here at Fisher and as we continue here in the preseason? Beyond that today, the one thing you wanted to hit on was the slot receiver rotation. And, and there really hasn't been a lot made of that. There really isn't a rotation. I think for the most part, it's been Deontay Hardy's job. But Khalil Shakir was a guy that, you know, made a few plays last year. And I think there was optimism he could improve and perhaps even, you know, grab that job from Hardy a little bit. And it really hasn't happened so far. Yeah, he's been a really quiet guy throughout training camp. He has had some moments, but you haven't seen any sort of a, a 
pronounced step from year one to year two. It's just kind of been the same thing that we saw last year. You know, flashes at times, some good moments, some reasons why you thought that the Bills were excited of him in a fifth-round pick. You know, most people in the draft thought that maybe he would have been a third-round guy, a fourth-round guy. You saw the potential last year at times, and you've seen it at times in camp this year. I remember a play uh, against Taron Johnson. He made a really nice contested catch, but it just hasn't been there week in and week out. And Deontay Hardy, that's a guy that they're getting involved in in multiple ways in the offense. And Josh Allen, at his press conference today, he mentioned that they're finding ways to use him that they didn't even think they could get to when they signed him. Yeah, Josh Allen said that um, they're using him more. He's He can do more, Hardy is, than uh, is doing more than they thought he probably could. So, you know, although I'm not overly impressed by Hardy, he's been fine. It seems like the quarterback, and you know, probably by extension the coaching staff, uh, has been. Let's hit on the rotations today for the other major jobs we kind of talked about. Corner number two, uh, linebacker, middle linebacker one today, uh, with just the continuation of what we've been expecting. Balen Spector seems out of the mix. Today was a Terrell Bernard day. He was fine, no big deal, um, but he had all the first team reps today. At guard, um, Osiris Torrance, to me, continues to lead that race. You know, I think at this point, you can say it is his job to lose. Ryan Bates got a couple of solid drills um, as the first team guard. I thought both guys were fine. You know, the last practice on Tuesday kind of felt like it was an opportunity for the defense to blitz a lot. That was kind of what the plan was. So the offense and the offensive line didn't look super. Today was not that. I, I thought in general they were fine. Um, and, and Torrance, you know, has talked a little bit recently, he talked to our sister station, WIVB in Buffalo, about that battle and, you know, kind of had a great perspective on it, saying that, you know, Ryan Bates has been very helpful, that they've been, um, you know, working together well, and whoever wins the job is going to, you know, win the job, and whoever doesn't is just going to have to be ready to go. And coming into camp, we thought that it might play out this way where, you know, Torrance is the guy with the athleticism, the potential, the guy they spent a second-round pick on. And maybe he would be the favorite to the job, and Ryan Bates could play this, you know, utility role. It, it's, it's both a blessing and a curse, mm -hmm. Ryan Bates is finding out with his, um, his versatility. And I think it's really interesting to note that Sean McDermott was kind of asked about that today. It was the type of question where he easily could have pushed back and said, no, you know, he was our starting guard last year. He's fighting like hell for this spot. We like him at guard. He really just kind of went along. I forget who asked the question. He really just kind of went along with it and talked about his versatility and, and things like that. I don't know if that's the way I want my head coach to answer that question if I'm Ryan Bates trying to get into the starting 11. It really does seem like the mood has kind of progressed, and, and you've talked about it. You know, a lot of people have been set on the sidelines. It seems like it might be Torrance's job. You know, you talk about his versatility being a curse. You think about how this battle is going to go. If it's even, well, all the ties are going to Torrance because Torrance is the second-round pick. I know Bates got a longer-term contract last year, but you've got a higher asset invested in Torrance, and like you said, being versatile, it benefits the Bills more to have Bates as a backup than it would Torrance. So I don't think it's a tie right now. I think Torrance is ahead. And, you know, I'm not going to say Bates has been terrible in camp, but I think Torrance has been good enough to where he can really, you know, have confidence in that job. And it's certainly not a, it's certainly not a bad thing for the Bills to have a guy like that in the interior. No. A guy like Mitch Morse, who has had, of course, concussion problems. McGovern is new. Torrance is a rookie. And even on the outside, I don't know if how comfortable you would be playing Ryan Bates at tackle. You know, we can get into the Spencer Brown stuff now. Maybe that's a spot for him. Yeah, the reason AJ brings up Spencer Brown is because Brown apparently had a knock today. There were a couple reports that he had some sort of back issue. Uh, most of the media did not see it. Only a few people saw it. I can report that Spencer <laughs> Brown sped by the media dining center on a bike. Now, he wasn't pedaling, but he was riding a bike. 
you know, seemed normal. I mean, if anything was – look, if the guy's in a splint, he's not riding the bike. Yeah. Not that we thought that the injury was that bad. But it's possible that, you know, Spencer Brown took a ding or something on Thursday, and that'll be something to watch uh, going forward. Yeah, Bates can play tackle, but you're, you're right. I think they want him in the interior. And you do raise a good point about there really isn't a certainty – with any of the three interior guys, having Bates around to be the backup could be very beneficial. Yeah, if you put the over-under on Ryan Bates' starts, if he doesn't get one of those starting lineups at like four and a half. Over. Yeah, yeah I can see it. I, can see. I don't know if I'd bet the over. That'd be a fun discussion. Yeah. But it, it's reasonable. Because he could get two starts at every spot. Yeah. That, that's, you know, that's the NFL. All right, let's talk about um, the the press conferences today. As we've mentioned a little bit, it was uh, Sean McDermott, Josh Allen, and Greg Rousseau. We, we've kind of talked about Josh and, and Sean a little bit. And let me tell you, the head coach and the quarterback are well-versed at using their They're cliches. They're good at their job. Yes, they are. So not a whole lot interesting from either of those guys today. Greg Rousseau um, hit on one point, which I like, because we've been seeing him at defensive tackle a little more during this camp. And not a surprise, you bring in a Leonard Floyd, you know, Rousseau's a first-round pick. You would think, just on talent, you'd probably want to have Floyd and Von Miller when he's healthy and Rousseau on the field at the same time. And of the three, Rousseau's the guy you want to kick inside, A, because he's not as good as the other two, but B, because he's done it in college, you know, and it has some skills there. And one of the things that I like that he mentioned, he likes being a defensive tackle in part because he says when you rush from the inside, learning how to do that makes you a better rusher from the outside. And we didn't dive into that too, too much. But it's a fascinating idea that he feels like those reps at tackle will make him a better edge guy. And, you know, I really think he's better suited for the edge because he's long, because his strides cover more space than most people, and because I've seen him be very effective on stunts that go outside to in, you know, I think he's a better guy to be an edge rusher than a tackle. I think at tackle, yeah, you, you can, he can bowl some guards, and he talked about that today, that he matches up well with some guards, not all guards. Um, but when you get a guy like that who's so long and so tall on the inside, it's kind of hard for him to be effective in a phone booth. So it was fascinating for him to say that he's still gaining as an edge rusher even as he works a defensive tackle. And down the road when Von Miller comes back, if on pure passing situations you can get Leonard Floyd, Von Miller, Greg Rousseau, Ed Oliver all rushing the passer, you would hope to think that's a combination that you can get a lot of pressure with your front four. Yeah, you would hope. But, again, I'm, I would still say that Daquan Jones is the better rusher, just pass rusher, even though he's known more of a run-first guy. From what I saw last year, I would rather have Jones at that tackle spot than Rousseau. Now, obviously, there's physical skills there with Rousseau, mm -hmm. and he, he's shown some of it here in camp. But to this point, if I'm, you know, third and seven, AFC championship, you got to get a stop on Patrick Mahomes to get to the Super Bowl, I want Daquan Jones to tackle right now over Greg Rousseau. Yeah, it does give you some more flexibility. That's true, that's true. All right, time for turkey burgers, and I've got um, enough turkey burgers to sink a ship today, so I will go first. Number one for me is Terrence. What kind of a ship are we talking about? Did just, would a you few just go with the expression? Just go with the expression, please. <laughs> it was a good analogy. AJ, always here to correct. Some yeah, fun. I know. Um, my first one is Taron Johnson, who was absolutely dominant in the wide receiver versus defensive back drill. His first four reps, the receiver going against him, either did not stay on his feet or was not inbounds when the ball got to him. I mean, he just had guys, he was, it's hard to break ankles as a defensive player, he was doing it today. And look, we talked a lot about him, one of the best nickels in the league, doesn't get nearly the credit he deserves. Today was an example why, he was just so good top to bottom. We talked about it a little bit, uh, Ed Oliver, I thought he had a really nice session in the, the D-line versus O-line drills on the other side of the field. He had a really nice play on, uh, on Torrance, kind of, 
really cooked him. Had a nice run stop inside, so a, a good session for Ed Oliver today. Uh, Kyrie Elam gets a turkey burger for me. We talked a lot about why. Another defensive back that we haven't talked a lot about, Kyron Brown, no relation, um, in the individual drills, had an interception, had another nice breakup in team drills. I mean, look, a guy that's going to be a long shot to make the team no matter how good he is here at camp. Um, haven't noticed him a lot, but really noticed him today. Had a really nice day. Took your burger for him today. You want to talk about another down-the-roster guy, a new guy. Andy Isabel had a couple plays today. Made Agreed. a made a mm -hmm. touchdown on the third string. It, Early on in practice, it was like, oh, Andy Isabella's making play. Oh, boy. But then he, like, actually made a handful. It was like, okay, Andy Isabella's making some plays. And that's, you know, can he find a spot on this team? Can he take a Khalil Shakir job? I don't think so, but that's the type of things where if he has a lot of practices like this, has a good preseason, maybe can turn to a guy a kick return, especially if they really like Deontay Hardy as a receiver. Mm -hmm. They really didn't want to use him too much as a return man this year. So if Andy Isabella can find his way to make himself so valuable that he gets this roster, there's a chance. You can see a scenario where he can make this roster. I have a turkey burger for Terrell Shavers, or maybe Tyrell Shavers. I didn't <laughs> check on the exact pronunciation. My apologies to the Shavers family on that. But uh, another uh, low on the depth chart receiver um, had a play in team drill where Dean Marlowe had a pretty big hit and a ball over the middle. Shavers held on. And then there was another rep where he went against Christian Benford and although Benford had good coverage, Shavers, I thought, had a really excellent catch. So, you know, number 80 in your roster, by the way, in your playbook, um, I thought he had a really good day today in, in, in both those spots against guys who certainly have played in the NFL before. Yeah, and there really hasn't been a ton of down-the-depth chart receivers mm -hmm. to step out, kind of like we were talking about Isaiah Hodgins last year. So if you can make some plays in preseason, in training camp, maybe just get on the practice squad and move up throughout the season. I think there's some some potential for some of these wide receivers. Yeah, people at home probably aren't thinking or caring too much about who makes the practice squad, but for these guys who are out here, Terrell Shavers had a very good day when it comes to putting yourself in front for that practice squad squad discussion or practice squad spot discussion because it certainly is there to be had. All right, we are done for today. Tomorrow the Bills are in Orchard Park on Friday, so I'm uh, not I think Carl and I will do a Buffalo Camp Day recap. We'll see how it goes um, because it's a later in the day practice. Um, but certainly, we'll be back here on Sunday for an 11:45 practice, the only uh, later in the morning practice the Bills have at St. John Fisher. Woo! Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice to sleep in. Um, and then that's the final week of camp. We go Sunday, Monday, no fans. Wednesday, Thursday next week, and then camp is done. That's why we're already in the second half of camp. So for AJ Feldman, I'm Thad Brown. Thanks for watching on RochesterFirst.com. Thanks for listening on Spotify. You're going to find this show every single day the Bills have camp, at least here at Fisher, in those two spots. For AJ and Thad, thanks for watching. We'll see you later.